Hello and welcome to Tape Heads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Tape Heads is the podcast where we select a VHS tape from either my collection or Lindsay's collection. We watch it and then we talk about it. This is a spooky time of the year. <laughs> We're recording this with our Halloween lights on. Oh yes we are. Lindsay and I, of course, are doing Halloween themed episodes. God damn it, cat. Hold on, our, our black cat, our spooky black cat just jumped up onto our recording table. Uh, she's mostly black. She's not all black. Shh, it's radio, not television. <laughs> they don't know that. Um, yes, October's a month and there's goblins and ghouls and yes, even witches. <laughs> so tell us about your pick, Lindsay. So we just watched The Witches, based on Roald Dahl's book of the same name. Starring a never better Angelica Houston. Oh god, she's wonderful in everything. I know, but this is what I always think of yeah. when I think of Angelica Houston. I kind of feel like I connect her in this role just a little bit to the to the ladies and death becomes her. Oh, just because they're so grotesque. Yeah, they're just these really hot, gorgeous women that are underneath are just completely ugly people. Yeah, it's kind of like body horror for kids. Although I guess death becomes her isn't really for kids. No. <laughs> Maybe for teens. Although there's a little bit of adult humor in this. There is, there is. Courtesy of Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson is here too. Yeah, so this is one of those movies where when we watched it this time around as an adult, I realized that there are a lot of celebrities in this movie, really well-known name actors that I did not recognize or care about as a child. Because I, I feel like I didn't understand celebrity or stardom as a kid i just thought about the movies and i didn't think about the people in them unless it was jonathan taylor thomas you've got a cameo by michael palin that i ever knew about in drag in drag is one of the witches as they're having their grand witch meeting as they're laughing about turning little english boys into mice you just see very briefly michael palin laughing I love it. I saw that trivia bit on IMDb, and I wasn't really sure about it until we saw him. And oh, it yeah. was just unmistakably him. He's not even in the background. They give him a close-up. Yeah. He had to have been friends with someone in, in the making of the film. It's possible. Really quick, were there any ads on this tape, Lindsay? There were no trailers. This is the only children's movie in the entire world that doesn't really really heavily advertised to children i'm slowly catching up to you no so what's this movie about Lindsay? this movie is about witches but more specifically it's a little boy who learns that witches exist from his kind of spooky continental european grandmother the grandmother is one of the most memorable aspects of the movie. She's oh, she's such, so lovable. She's such a great character. I grew up with this movie, too, and that whole opening sequence, when she's telling her grandson, Luke, about just these different stories about witches and just kind of laying down all the lore and the whole story about the girl that's trapped in the painting. Well, it's a personal connection for her. Like, she had... She experiences because a girl that she was friends with when she was a child was trapped in a painting by witches and it's really unsettling I, I feel like that's 
maybe one of the more disturbing in the film, one of those moments where when she describes how this girl is trapped for the rest of her life in a painting and her parents never know where she's gone. They see her in the painting and she moves and she ages, but they never see her move. She'll just appear in different parts of it. And then after she turned into an old woman, one day she just disappeared. So you're supposed to assume that she just died in the painting we only read the the first section of the book to prepare but um uh, they go a step further and say that there is a girl that was turned into a porpoise and things like that. yeah they give more detail on the horrible things that the witches can do to you and they definitely simplified it for the movie but they also made this little boy's parents die but it's really not given much thought in the film they just kind of are gone in a minute well, I mean, they're kind of gone in an instant in the book, too. It, but, um, but he's involved with it. Well, he's in the car. Yeah. Whereas this... I almost feel like more time is spent on the parents in the movie than in the book. I feel like they write the parents off really quickly in the book, like with a sentence or two. Yeah. I'm just thinking that he's more involved with their death because he's present for it, whereas in this, he just wakes up and sees that they're not home. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have as much emotional impact. Yeah, and he seems to get over it pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, in, the, in both the book and the film, you... Definitely get the idea that he's closer with his grandma than with his actual parents. Mm -hmm. So he has a brief encounter with a witch. Now that he knows how to recognize them, he's been coached by his grandmother. They have purple eyes. They think children stink. Children are really smelly and the safest child is a dirty child because the dirt hides the smell of their kidness. This is the third movie about witches we've had on the show, and they're always out to just kill kids. Yeah, I guess because women just want kids dead. Is that really where the lore originates from? Because it's interesting how in all of these movies, the witches specifically target children. I mean, you always hear old folk tales about witches kidnapping children and eating them and all of that stuff, too. It seems like a very common thread, right? Hansel and Gretel is another one. Yeah. The witches of the craft aren't out to kill kids, but... Well, but aren't they young and cool and spunky? Yeah, they're they're pretty legit. Yeah, Practical Magic's witches, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, they're not after children either. Well, those are good witches. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, this uh, this treehouse scene is also memorable. His first encounter. His with first a witch. encounter with a witch. He um he's always building things. Like he has a little pulley system that he's rigged up. He's and... he's an engineer in waiting. Yeah. This kid, he's brilliant. He uh, later on he has built this intricate maze for his pet mice. For his pet mice, and then later after he become he's cursed into being a mouse. He creates this intricate system for him to travel through the house, including flying on a miniature plane. Because he has the coolest grandma ever who helped him build this whole system. There's sort of a stranger danger element going throughout this movie because the... Oh, yeah. Don't take candy from strangers because it'll turn you into a mouse. (laughs) She literally offers him chocolate and a snake because little (laughs) boys love snakes. But the bulk of this movie takes place at a hotel. I think his grandmother is taking him on vacation to get him kind of distracted from the loss of his parents, probably. And they establish that she has a health condition. She's diabetic and is kind of struggling with it. But they just so happen to pick the one hotel in the English countryside that 
is hosting. Is it, it's, I feel like this all takes place in Norway. That's what I'm confused about because it's Norway and England. I mean, it, we're the filming locations. Is it yeah. all supposed to be Norway? It's weird because they're in Norway at her house, and when the parents are die, when the parents die and stuff, it seems like they're all, that's all in Norway. Yeah, I guess. But so. they don't really establish if they leave the country or not because it does seem like an English hotel because Rowan Atkinson is there. It sort of feels like Faulty Towers to me. Like, even he is sort of like Basil Faulty. And can't get more English than having Carson from Downton Abbey, the hood butler, in the hotel as a cook. A really bad cook, actually. He's nothing like his character in Downton Abbey. Yeah, he's taking food out of the garbage. And serving it to people. It's, it was kind of a nice contrast to see to his character in Downton Abbey for any fans out there. It's kind of hilarious how gross they make this hotel. The service is bad. The, the staff are rude. Rowan Atkinson is having an affair with one of the maids. Which is actually pretty subtle. They're yeah. not that in your face about it. They come out of a room together and she has sex hair and he's mm-hmm. kind of flustered. Although they make it more obvious later when she has used the uh, the witch's potion as perfume yeah, and she the starts witch, to grow. The witches have a rat potion. Their, their plan is to poison all of the children and turn them all into mice. And, poison? Yeah. Poison? <laughs> and so they have these little bottles that look like perfume bottles and this uh cleaning lady just puts it on her neck and ends up growing a bunch of fur well serves her right for going through guests stuff yeah again terrible place to say do not recommend it i feel like the centerpiece of this movie though is the actual witches conference oh yeah in this kind of kubrickian ballroom where there's all these red and gold chairs Mm -hmm. lined up It's really arresting visually. Very arresting. And you see Angelica Houston, thanks to the folks at Jim Henson, take off her face and reveal us the most horrible creature underneath. It looks a little bit like a version of the vulture guys from the Dark Crystal. Except much more hideous, I feel like. Yeah, well, because it's got that, she's got this balding head and all that stuff. Everything is just so slimy and the sound effects when she's just peeling off her skin. And her voice really changes too. And it's funny because they really set up her character in the beginning of the film when the, uh, when his grandmother is telling him all about witches because she talks about the grand high witch and uh they really kind of set her up as a spooky character that no one can track down and no one can do anything to and she's just so so powerful and it's during this scene that our hero luke and his buddy his sort of uh rotund buddy bruno are both turned into mice themselves well luke is able to escape for a little bit save a baby yeah but pretty quickly, our our hero is turned into a mouse. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a reference to smell memory or something, but before this, in the dining room during breakfast, it seems like the Grand High Witch recognizes the grandmother from her childhood, from the grandmother's childhood. There's some kind of weird interaction between them where the Grand High Witch adds sugar to her coffee using her yeah. magic. 
trying to hurt her. I don't really understand her motivation to lash out at the grandmother other than the fact that she's sharing a table with a child. I kind of thought it was that she was, she kind of witnessed the witch going after her friend when she was a child. And that witch turned out to be the Grand High Witch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they definitely recognize each other. Yeah. And Angelica Houston definitely passes up plenty of opportunities to kill the grandma. Especially yeah. when... She's not really an effective bad guy. Well, she's she's like a lot of bad guys. Uh, she's very good at killing her own people. Yeah. <laughs> she zaps one good with her eyeballs, uh, turning her into dust. and Stomps then Stomps another one out that was trying to warn her about soup that will turn them into mice. Yeah. It's interesting how much of this movie takes place in a single day. Because oh, most of it. Because the once they're at the hotel, it, it all just happens so fast. Like, all of these... Mm -hmm. It had been a while since I'd seen this film, and... Uh, I forgot how quickly it goes from big set piece to big set piece where you have the big witches conference and the boys being turned into mice and then you have the effort to grab the potion from the room mm -hmm. and then you have the final showdown at the dinner with the soup that's been poisoned. It all happens yeah. very quickly. Which, the way in which the soup is poisoned is a little far-fetched to me. The grandmother and her, her grandson, Mouse, concoct a pretty much perfect plan to a T on exactly how he'll get into the kitchen, poison something, have it only go out to the witches and no one else in the dining hall. It's all rather convenient that there's a special soup. And then him getting scooped soup. up and taken out to her in a dustbin because she's knocked over a glass that has to be cleaned. The only hitch in their plan is uh, the neglectful parents of Bruno. The hilariously neglectful parents who don't even notice that their son is gone. Uh, the father insists on having the same soup as the witches. Yeah. And she has to go over and make a big scene of pouring it out. But otherwise, yes, very convenient that this all worked out. It makes me wonder if that's part of why Roald Dahl supposedly did not like this movie. I find that really interesting because his stories are always pretty dark. I feel like a lot of the film adaptations kind of soften him up. Like even in this case in the book, he and Bruno are mice forever. They're never changed back. Yeah, they get a happy some ending in yeah. this movie. There are no white witches in, in the book. Um, and I, I also think of James and the Giant Peach where his evil ants or whatever are killed right at the beginning and Aww. we don't have to and we don't have to deal with them but in the movie they come back at the very end so I feel like that there's always kind of a softening up uh, because his books are very dark but I guess maybe just my theory is just seeing some of these terrible things in film form yeah. might have just been a little too ghastly for him. Or maybe he thought they pulled punches or they simplified stuff too much. I think he specifically thought it was too grotesque. But hey, give a movie called The Witches to the Jim Henson Company. They're going to give you something grotesque. Okay, so head to head. The Witches are Hocus Pocus. Wait, which one do I prefer? Uh-huh. I mean, I like them for different reasons. I like different things about them. Hocus Pocus is kind of lighter and more fun, whereas this gets kind of darker and ickier. And so they're, they, they definitely bring different things into it. And I feel like this movie is almost even a little younger, even though it's darker. Or maybe I just, be. maybe I associate it with a younger self because that's when I watched it. 
Yeah, it's not fun in the same way that yeah, Hocus Pocus is. Yeah, I feel Pocus like Hocus is. Pocus is more fun. Like, if I wanted something just to have fun and watch, I would probably pick Hocus Pocus. There's definitely a bleakness to this film. It's it's not just the the material, but also just the fact that it's the gray countryside. Yeah. Everything is very, you know, there's not a whole lot of color in this world. And the adults are all kind of awful people, except for the uh, the grandma. So I think I would choose Hocus Pocus also, but what about this versus Double Double Toil and Trouble? I would probably choose this. <laughs> if you asked me when I was six or seven years old, I'd say Double Double Toil and Trouble. But as an adult, I would choose this. Yeah, I guess I'd have to agree with you. The, the Halloween setting goes a long way with that movie. That's true, that's true. There is no mention of Halloween in this film. Did this movie scare you as a child? Oh yeah, but I mean, I think we've established on this podcast that everything scared me as a child. What were I some found... of the standout scary moments? When Imagine they turned the... him into a mouse. Oh, turning him into a mouse. Interesting. Because, one, he's surrounded by crazy evil witches. That and... are laughing at him. Exactly. And, two, it seems kind of painful. It's almost like a werewolf transformation to me. Oh, yeah, like the really painful in American Werewolf yeah. in London transformation. Yeah. And then, I don't know, and that that other things, sh- that like... crazy shot, I'm not even exactly sure how they did it, where it's kind of like going down the tunnel of his clothing. It's yeah. like a, his point of view is the... Angelica Houston is going, bye-bye. And it's just, he's going down this strange tunnel that turns out to be his sweater. It's very nightmarish. But it didn't really scare me as much as other movies did. And I think that's why I have a little bit of a warmer feeling toward this movie. <laughs> yeah, no one really gets killed. No, it's it's fairly low except risk. for the I mean, except for all of the witches. Yeah, except for all of the witches who you get to see smashed and murdered by... All the people in the restaurant who... It's just a bloodbath at the end of the movie. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because they can... Like, I feel like they have some notion that they were women that were not... I I don't know how you want to define a witch, but we're going to say women who were turned into rats and mice. And yet they just, without any hesitation, are smashing them to death. Or, like, taking butcher knives to them. It is kind of crazy. When people turn into mice in this movie, it's very obvious. They're belching green smoke. They're they're screaming. You'd think that somebody would notice, hey, all these rats are actually our guests. But it's kind of like they thought, well, it's a rat now. And they completely divested any resemblance of humanity from them. Also, I'm not sure if I had this reaction when I was younger, but when... The grandma puts Bruno the mouse on his parents' table. I was yeah. like, don't do that. One of the hotel employees <laughs> is going to come by with a cleaver and kill Bruno. Aw, well, that didn't happen. But instead, they have this long, lovey-dovey conversation while there's a rat massacre happening all around them. Had- Excuse me, mouse. They're actually... In the movie, they're supposed to be mice, so they're clearly played by rats. Yeah, they actually did have rats in some of the recordings instead of mice. Probably because they were easier to get on camera and their movement and stuff because they were a little bigger. Well, you know who really loves this movie was, our is our cat. Because when we were playing this tape with those mice running around... Our cat went nuts. She ran over to the TV and just watched it like it was the most enthralling thing ever. Granted, Mimi, the cat in question, will watch any movie that has any animal in it. She even freaks out over large wild cats like tigers and leopards. 
Like in Bringing Up Baby, starring Cary Grant. Which is amazing to me, because it's a black and white film. Well, I guess they can't really see color, but... She totally recognized that leopard. One of these days, our cat is just gonna knock our TV to the floor. Rip it to shreds, as she tries to find the mice within. I think that this tape itself might have been a little haunted. Yeah, so, um... A little magical, perhaps? I don't know about magical. Maybe more like cursed. So on a cassette tape, there's a sticker on it on the front to tell you what tape it is. It tells you what movie it is. Apparently, the adhesive gets old. So the, the on our witch's tape, the label actually came off in, the v, in our VCR. Spooky. <laughs> so Sean thought the VCR was broken. Because it would just eject any tape we put in. So we were actually kind of freaked out it that we might... eject tapes by itself. Like a ghost, perhaps? I like how you didn't notice that the label was missing on the tape. I just thought it was such an old tape that it wasn't even labeled. <laughs> so we took... Finally, it's Sean like It's assuming in. that you wouldn't have more than one VHS. Yeah. Because you're not a millionaire. <laughs> Well, that's you keep a, it in a fancy box anyway. That's true. And in the early, early days of VHS, I've talked to people that were of that generation. When where it they was, had to choose between beta and VHS. I mean, past that era, but just where VHS tapes were so prohibitively expensive that you only had like three or four in your house and you watch them over and over and over oh, again. Oh, wow. That's why some people love the Goonies. It's because that was the only tape they had at their house. That's so funny. I hadn't actually thought of it that way. But um, anyway, we solved the problem because Sean reached into the VHS player and found the label and now we can watch tapes again. But we went a few days without being able to watch any tapes. It was a nightmare. It was a living nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> Here's a question. Why? They, they didn't really address this, but all of the witches were ladies. They even say in the lore that all witches are women. I mean, that, that's straight from the book. That is straight from the book. And they said something Although about... Although a lot of them are played by men in <laughs> bald caps. They definitely had a lot of men in that in that witch's convention dressed as women. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. It was It was kind of a odd mix and you wonder how many of those guys were just friends of friends of friends that they talked into being extras like michael palin like michael palin i forgot they do address this in the book though they say instead of being witches men are ghouls although i don't think there's any ghouls in this movie no i mean in this movie they don't address it other than saying all witches are women but beyond that they don't explain why or anything like that or if there's any kind of like male equivalent to a witch has there been a bad adaptation of a Roald Dahl book? I'm just sort of going through them in my head right now Willy Wonka is a classic mm -hmm. Matilda is good James and the Giant Peach is pretty good. I thought that was kind of panned, though. It didn't actually do that well. Well, I mean, it was coming on the heels of Nightmare Before Christmas. I remember it That's li true. liking it at the time. Well, I guess the Tim Burton remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory wasn't that great. But I it was watchable. It was watchable. I did watch it. Did you ever see Fantastic Mr. Fox? No, I didn't, but I heard good things. That's a good one. 
trying to think. I didn't see the new BFG. I was kind of put off by it because of all the CGI. Interestingly, Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for a James Bond film, You Only Live Twice. What? Which is uh, Sean Connery's fifth one, set in Japan. I wonder what that's like. Oh, well, let's just say that Sean Connery does do yellow face at one point. Oh, my God. And uh, it's where a lot of Austin Powers gags come from, including a volcano layer. It's actually one of the more memorable James Bond films. That's that's kind of... You Only Live Twice might be my favorite Roald Dahl (laughs) property. I do like that they had the device where um, they had our hero child save a baby to make sure that you really care about him before he gets done in by the witches. Yeah, that's so dark, the way she pushes a stroller Angelica down a hill. Angelica Houston, yeah, she just looks at the baby and smiles at it and then shoves it down a hill where it's racing toward a cliff into the ocean. And you'd think they'd kick her out of the hotel for that. Yeah, Nothing no. ever comes of that. Yeah, she just gets to go back to her room and relax. Because she doesn't use magic to push it down the hill. She just gives it a good shove. Right in front of the mother, too. And there's just no blowback whatsoever. I also like how Angelica Houston, all the other witches turn into pretty much normal mice. I mean, they're kind of spotted and grosser looking than Bruno yeah. and Luke, but when the Grand High Witch turns into a mouse, it's just the most disgusting rat you've ever seen. <laughs> and just a geyser of slime goes off when Rowan Atkinson finally kills it off. I feel like one of the more disturbing parts of the film is watching them take their face faces off and turning into monsters because it just kind of... They're so human and then they're so monstrous so quickly just by peeling off their face. It just Only one of them peels off their face. Everyone else is just wearing a wig. I think you're supposed to assume that they also have false faces, right? I assume that the Grand High Witch is just far older than everyone else. Interesting. Like, I assume that's what, like, a 1,000-year-old witch looks like and they're just not there yet. But like, none of them would be there in this entire thing that's clearly representing, like, multiple countries worth of women and stuff? I think so. I think that's the implication that only the Grand High Witch looks like that. Huh. I didn't think about that. I was thinking it was more budgetary. They didn't want to fund that many faces. It could be. So it was just conven- like more like the theatrical convenience. Maybe we should read the rest of the book to find out how. I don't know. If Roald Dahl addresses this. But it's kind of interesting, that this idea that you can take off your pretty face and show ugliness on the inside, you know? And that's one of the ways to spot a witch, is they're always itching at their wig, since oh, all witches yeah. are bald. All right, Lindsay, so this is your spooktacular VHS. <laughs> Do you buy it? Do you rent it? Or do you tape over it and send it to the graveyard? Do you lock it in a haunted house? (laughs) I'm going to say rent it. But a fairly strong rent it if you like spooky kids movies and folklore. Because I feel like this is a really fun vision of that. And it's pretty interestingly executed. It's pretty quick paced, you know, it's pretty fun. I definitely think it's worth a watch, but I don't know if it's worth watching constantly over and over as if it's the only tape you own. Yeah, I'm going to go rent it as well. It's not my favorite movie about witches. Um, It's not necessarily one I'd watch every Halloween, but Mm -hmm. it was a fun way to kind of 
usher us into the spooky season. Oh, yeah. Probably not for all kids. Probably not for the wimpier kids out there. But if you're, Aww, if you're kids... I was a wimpy kid, and I'm fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you got a cool kid, I'm sure they'll be fine with the witches. Well, what have you got in store for us next, Sean? All right, I'm not messing around. We're going back to 1978 for John Carpenter's masterpiece, Halloween. Ooh. I haven't seen that in forever. I It's kind of, you know, that and Trick or Treat are the definitive movies to watch at Halloween time. And since Trick or Treat was never available on VHS, we're doing Halloween. It's one that I like to revisit every... October, and sometimes some of those sequels, too. I'd like to thank Will Price for use of his song Mandatory Groove. You can find more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. You can learn more about our other episodes and even find a spooky list of recommended Halloween tales from good old Sean here on our website at tapeheadspodcast.com. You can also contact us by email, tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear your uh, feedback. Please rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, I've been meaning for us to do more blog posts. It's just we're kind of busy. But I'm pretty proud of that 13 for Halloween. And maybe that'll even be an annual feature. Oh. Because Lord knows I've seen a lot of horror movies. So would you not repeat any movies each year it's a new 13? I think that that would be the rule. I think it would have to be a new 13. Although they have to be available on VHS tape. If you recommend a film in a franchise like Halloween, Mm -hmm. would you be able to feature sequels in future lists? Possibly. It might be frowned upon. Interesting. Like, for example, Jeepers Creepers 2 is on that list. (laughs) And I went back and watched it, and I realized that I should have done the original because the second one isn't very good. But I don't think that, uh, I don't think I can redact that on a future list. It's fine. It's a bunch of kids getting tormented on a school bus by a scarecrow bat creature. Oh, God. But the the first one is really fun. So that's it for Tape Hits. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Until next spooky time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>